You're listening to the Grossed Out Podcast with Rob Gross. It's me. I'm Rob Gross. Welcome to another episode of the Grossed Out Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Gross. Today, I'm joined by my homie, Eric D. from Meth Syndicate, a Instagram brand, if you will. But no, for real, like, like Eric makes some of the most rad shit around. I don't even want to do it a disservice by explaining <laughs> how I would, but uh, let's get into it. Eric D., welcome to the Grossed Out Podcast. Let's fucking talk about Nirvana. The best, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. I'm very stoked to talk about Nirvana. Hell yeah, man. I, I'm excited, too, because like there's that, there's the big four of Seattle and um, you know, and, and the other bands that I'm sure we, we both have mutual appreciation for, but, sure. but Nirvana's the one that really kind of changed everything. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it, it definitely spawned from something more aggressive. And then when the big four came around, it like, you know, it matured and it got a, a you know, clean choruses and, and et cetera. But uh, it's like, it's the perfect blend of music to me. It is, man. It's like they basically took the soft, loud shit that the Pixies were doing and kind of perfected it. Yeah, they threw the Melvins in there and, and threw the made Melvins it me. In there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that always gets me. That'll do it. Um, so how did you? I mean, so I, I want you to talk about it because you sent me something that's really fucking cool, and I know you posted this. But tell me how you got into the band. How did you like? It, like, kind of paint that picture for me of how how this came about. I um so I had an older brother who who was just into them because you know they were the most popular band on the planet so I don't know if it was in depth or whatever he was he was pretty fair with or with it he wasn't like a diehard but um I got the Nevermind tape and was just like infatuated with it like I also had an uncle that listened to a lot of that um you know grunge of the era but um I just remember falling in love with Nirvana and like so I was into them when Nevermind came out and right before In Utero came out. Okay. Um, but I would just, like, put tape over, like, my cassette tapes, like, on the top when you yep. could record. That's right. So, I, yeah, I would just dub over it and record any song I could on the radio because I don't think my parents were stoked, like, a, you know, a seven-year-old is obsessed with, like, a grunge band where this, like, right. you know, causing, rip like, ripples across television. But they were just like, you can tape whatever you want, but we're not buying you that tape. You know, so I had never mind for my older brother, but I didn't have an utero or anything. I'd have to record it. And like, I remember having all apologies with like, at the end, it was like, this is WAAF. Like, <laughs> like that was the only version I ever listened to, like had like a radio call signal on it. But um, that's amazing. Yeah, I did, it was like my first obsession, like really. And I don't know what it was. I wanted long hair. I like, it was about the music too. It like really resonated with me, which is insane to think about. But I, I don't know. I was, I was a bit too young to even understand. And I just like loved it. Yeah, I mean, look, I was—I'm a little older than you, so I, I, it was—I was already into some of those bands. Like my mom, my mom was really cool about that kind of shit, and yeah. she like she was like, I bought like Ice T's original Gangster and Appetite for Destruction, and she did she didn't really care. And then and I'd blast it out of my room, and she again did not care. But it was these bands like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, The Melvins, Screaming Trees, Alice in Chains. Those are the ones that like it became more than just me listening to a song or like liking a band it was i was i was reading the lyrics i was starting to kind of try to piece together what the fuck these bands were talking about and nirvana's was like and this isn't a knock at them at all they were the easiest for me to 
to relate to because it, it, it kind of like so like Soundgarden is basically like a prog band that's playing an indie band that's playing a metal band <laughs> and sure you know, yeah there's many layers right but Nirvana is like the Beatles it was like very very easily digestible for me to understand what was going on sure I mean to this day like Drain You is my probably my favorite Nirvana song mm-hmm. and it's and it's you know it's just a pop song and it's just perfect there's not even like screamy parts no uh but I, I could understand it, you know. It wasn't like man in the box, like which I I loved as well, you know. But like it wasn't complicated. It was like straightforward, like you know. Totally. I mean, like if you if you listen to a song like about a girl, it's just like a it's a pure like '60s pop song. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's all it is. So if drain you, so drain you, because I I remember. So do you want to talk about that note that you wrote? You know, yeah. So I I I, I forgot I did this. Um, <laughs> And just, I haven't lived at home in a very, very long time. Uh, my mother mailed me uh, some clippings from, like, I was in the, the local newspaper for, like, music or something, and then a, a letter that I wrote to Nirvana in 1995, I believe, and it was just like, you know, Nirvana's my favorite band, I'm so sorry Kurt Cobain died, like, I wish I could bring him back to life, and I'm like, holy shit, I don't even remember writing this. Uh, and I read it to my fiance, and I'm like, listen to this note I wrote to Nirvana, like, when I was 10. And she's like, why didn't your mom mail it? And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, that's a good point, why do I have this right now? That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, it was just diehard at a young age, for sure. Dude, I found that too. I went before my parents moved out of their house and, like, moved to another town in Florida. Um, they, they, um, you know, they're like, you know, come down, clean up your old bedroom, find any shit that you still have. This is probably, like, 15 years ago. Yeah. And I found a postcard from right before Versus came out. And oh, wow. I still had the $5 staple to the postcard, so that would have totally gotten there on a fucking postcard. With, wow. like, the merch I wanted, like, Versus was still called Five Against One at that point. Like, yep. like it was just, like, the, it was just so fucking innocent. And I'm like, so all, of course, I thought was, like, cool, I found five bucks. <laughs> it was my own fucking money from when I was, like, a, like 10 or 11. <laughs> Whoa. But, like, I, I, I brought that up, like, to, I, I got l- lucky enough to meet Jeff Ament at some point, and I told him about that. He's like, that's insane. He's like, I used to handwrite those. And that's, like, I think why we, people like us, are like, you like heavier music. I love, like hardcore metal like that that's what that's like my day-to-day bread and butter but i think that at least personally i relate to these bands like a nirvana just as much if not more because it was the same it was the same ethos it was the same diy do it yourself like we don't need a whole fucking team let's just like hire like one buddy and make it happen yeah it's awesome man i mean i i could go on the whole podcast about the influence they put on my brand and, and the way I act, you know, uh, it was just absolutely perfect. And like, you know, it, it, like chaotic without being like over the top, like rude, you know what I mean? It was yeah. tongue in cheek and everything was like kind of humorous at the end of the day at the core, but they were very serious about it. I don't know. It's, it, it always fascinated me for sure. Yeah, I think all those guys. Maybe it's like a Seattle thing. They they all had like a like Alice in Chains were fucking hilarious. They still are. Like all these bands, and like obviously Dave Grohl has gone on to be like you know a multiple per, like like not a multiple personality, but like <laughs> he's, he's so multifaceted. And like th- th- all those guys, it's what I've noticed the most is that doing what I do as a living like for a living is like the Foo Fighters are the band that I think have gotten to those heights, but have never. They're not dicks. They're completely—they're no. completely grounded, which has got to be very hard to maintain. Like I can't imagine 
that a lot of bands like a Maroon Five or something are grounded in reality. Sure, Dave Dave Grohl specifically. Like I met Jerry Cantrell a couple years ago, and he was super nice and just like quiet and like. Yeah. But I'm like I'm a guy who's obsessed with Alice in Chains. I don't think your your everyday uh, person these days would just be like, oh, that's Jerry Cantrell from Alice in Chains if they aren't our age or obsessed with Alice in Chains. Right. But I think everyone would recognize Dave Grohl. Like he's like a mega celebrity he's like you know what i'm saying food food fighters is still relevant it's so crazy oh they're crazy relevant and i think that like as for myself and he's so chill (laughs) that's it right so like i'm i i was working i was doing a side project like nate mendel from the foos had a side project with like tosin who's produced some melvin's records and like a dude from snow patrol it was the weirdest fucking project and it came out on this little indie label out of canada that i worked with and the last show of the tour was the troubadour and i'm standing there waiting for them to go on i got my drink in my hand and my friend from the management company comes up and she's like what's up two motherfuckers and i look to my right and i'm like oh shit dave grohl's the other motherfucker and oh my god so we just ended up having like the best conversation and I, I had the it was the best night because like you forget almost instantly that he's dave grohl because he's that fucking nice fuck dude he's like like number one people i'd want to meet and i've not uh, met him <laughs> it wasn't like i literally was like cool go to see the bass player like nate's a great dude i was like great this is awesome but the whole band came out to support him it's yeah it's that's i mean th- they love music and that's yeah. like the cool thing about it you know it's just it, it's it's really cool to see that and it's like i hope that's an influence on the next generation of people that are picking up a guitar or whatever like dave grohl huge influence on me as a musician too because he's a drummer that doesn't know how to read or write music but he's now this like legendary frontman in his own right it's so weird it's <laughs> so weird he's like yeah I just play by ear we're like all like, right yeah, like I remember getting, I mean, I don't want to stray too far, but I remember getting the first Foo Fighters album and like, you know, um, what was it? I'll Stick Around was mm-hmm. the first single. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, oh my God, you know? And I never expect, I thought that would be it. I did not expect like the next album to have Everlong. And then they just start having like super radio hits. Like, it's yeah. just, it's a, been a wild ride. Like, I saw them like early 2000s with like Weezer <laughs> it was some of those shows are rough too because he's not a, he wasn't a singer but like look at the, the, the later it's so weird right because I like, Anna and I talk about this all the time that Nirvana had a career arc very similar to a band like the Beatles where it, it was 1987 to 1994 they had seven years and all that happened in seven years and when you look at the later era of nirvana you can start seeing those glimmers where like kurt kind of like loosened the reins a bit it seemed or like cool now dave's singing backup oh shit dave took lead on marigold or dave's doing the harmonies or he's now co-writing some songs so you started to see that progression and i think you would have seen more of that if he lived absolutely and i noticed too like so obviously on the record you know never mind recorded say like um the in bloom chorus you can clearly have hear dave grohl singing backups on that totally uh and that was recorded what 1990 going into 91 or yeah so but then the 92 reading uh festival you know uh when there plays a three-piece and they they come out um dave's not mic'd up for that so like he they allowed him to do a little in the studio for nevermind clearly because he showed that he had some pipes right and then 
it wasn't a part of the live show but then if you watch like the following year and post like in utero and all that like he's definitely singing backups and like unplugged in new york singing oh. backups yeah, totally. like i think someone was like you have a gem here that you're not using right right I mean, yeah like, and he fucking was it's like that dude is like there's no drummer that he's like a caveman and i mean that in the most complimentary way but sure then, but then he's playing he was the one that introduced me to what hot sticks were I don't even know what hot sticks so, are. Like, those those drumsticks, I didn't either. <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> those drumsticks he's playing on Unplugged, that like, so you can still hit just as hard. Oh, the rakes? Yes. <laughs> no, 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 not, not, not the rakes. It's almost like, so he, he plays the brushes too, but he, they're almost okay. like these, it's like a bunch of, of smaller sticks that are all taped together. And so you can hit something super hard and it almost sounds like bamboo or like a kendo stick or gotcha, something. Gotcha, yeah. But it, like, Weird. a lot of like the Unplugged, acoustic kind of shit did that and I think that 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 unplugged episode kind of led the way for a lot of drummers being like shit we can we don't have to be like a jazz drummer I can play this shit yeah just tone it tone it down a little just dial it back a little buddy so uh, (laughs) go ahead no 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 what what were you gonna say I was gonna say well they couldn't play Setless Apprentice at Unplugged in New York there's no way you can hot sticks that that would have been that's gotta be like the best fucking drum intro like all easy right there's um that version from that the New Year's Eve show they did in Seattle for like MTV New Year's whatever in 93 I think yeah, and they played Setless Apprentice, and you could see the blood all over Dave's hands. The drum kit. Oh my god, like, dude! Your sh- your shin hurts so bad after playing that song on the drums. It does. It's a workout. It is a workout. It's like that's like a John Bonham right foot fucking thing. And it and it's so basic, but so intricate and brilliant at the same time. Like even during the verses, he's like he's whacking the bell on top of the. the um, symbols like repeatedly while still keeping that beat it's cool well he did a lot of the same shit that like john from from helmet did which or does which is like he uses ride symbols as crash symbols so like he'll yeah. hit his crash and it's like a fucking gong goes off because it's just yeah it's so, so cool yeah um so <laughs> going back to what you were saying before so if you were to pick so you so i when i read your note drain you was that was like one of your songs that you put in that list initially and that's still your favorite song what's your favorite record oh it's so i've i've gone through this so much and i'm like oh, it's so hard because it's 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 between nevermind and in utero and like i love incesticide and bleach yeah but i'm gonna go with like Oh, dude, it's so hard between Nevermind and In Utero, but I have to, I have to give it to Nevermind, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I like, it's tough too because I honestly don't sit around and listen to Smells Like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are, but like I am listening to On a Plane and Breed and Mm -hmm. Territorial Pissings and like the whole back like the B side of that album is in I mean Breed's on it, Breed's a, a banger. Yep. it's hard, but in utero I feel the same way. Like, but in utero I can listen to front to back. Same thing. It's like in utero always gets me because of Scentless Apprentice and like Milk It and Tourette's and like very just, ape. Very like, ape. Yeah. Like, uh, it's come just, on. It's just like having Steve Albini at that time. That was my introduction to him. I didn't know about Big Black and all the shit that he had done. Sure, I, and that was, I was Chicago, too, right? Yeah, all Chicago. Yeah. And I didn't know about this shit because dude, how fucking could I? I was living in South Florida, like buying, yep. buying my CDs at the mall. Like I don't fucking know. And they're like, oh dude, Albini's recording the record, and I'm like, okay, cool. It's not Butch Vig. I'm pissed. Like, I, <laughs> right, yeah. I, 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 I remember. Know. 
Yeah, true, man. Like, even Tourette's on that album is just like, I think after that, I, I think me hearing Tourette's on your Nero got me into punk rock straight up. Oh, definitely. Like, I was like, I need more of whatever the fuck that song was because I don't even know about that yet. <laughs> totally. I didn't even know. Like, that's the thing is, like, the lyrically, sonically, like, if you read the liner notes of Incesticide, that letter that Kurt wrote, which they talked about in Montage of Heck. It's, I love that. But it's that whole letter about, like, just, you know, fuck, he was such a feminist. And, like, at the time, it's like, there was nobody talking about this. Hell there was, no. There was no man talking about this, like in the public eye and and, and, and you, you know incesticide came out as like a contractual thing like the label was probably like we gotta make as much money off this band as we can let's release their old demos absolutely that happened <laughs> it totally happened and my uh, yeah. my stepsister bought incesticide as a fairweather fan and listened to it and was like what the fuck is this <laughs> and and gave it to me she gave me the cd when i was young and i didn't even have a cd player i just looked at it <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a tape player, dude. I just had one. I had incesticide on CD, and I couldn't even listen to it. Dude, that's amazing. I, I um, I, I think I don't. I can't remember if I figured this out or I'm just imagining this. But I used to. I was forever obsessed with the picture of the CD itself of incesticide. Because oh, it was like clear and like had like black dots all over it, right? Was it? Well, no, 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 no. It, it was um. Wait, fuck. Was it that? Because like I think one of them was like I thought it was Bronson Pinchot and drag. The guy I, didn't, I never saw that one. Shit, am I thinking about in oh, utero? I might be thinking about in utero. Fuck. It is. Yeah, that is in utero. Okay, that's yeah. even more classic. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, that's the dude from Perfect Strangers and Drag. I, I don't think I ever put that together, dude. Oh, I hope it's him or not. I've just outed him. <laughs> no, it's fucking Balky, dude. Who's <laughs> Balky? Damn. Yeah, I think that's him, man. You know, you know what's what's fucking crazy because like, I, it, it's it sucks because usually when I do this, I'm like, you know, how many times you've seen this band live? Like, explain the, you know, explain this to me, whatever. And the only person that I know personally that isn't like of the older guard that saw them like play some club in Portland in like 1989 is my wife. Like, Anna saw. <laughs> The second to last Seattle show ever. She saw the ninety the ninety four show for in utero. Dude, so fuck. she because this is the benefit of having an older sibling like she does. Like he took her. They like yeah. hitchhiked there, hitchhiked back. Like Bobcat Goldthwait was the opener. <laughs> I love that dude. It's so fucking great. And like she told Weird. me that like he took his belt off his pants and like basically roped him and her to the guardrail. <laughs> Bobcat? No, 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 my, my wife's brother. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. You know, just to see Bobcat. Yeah. <laughs> they left they left right after that. <laughs> did, so, did you ever see them? Never saw them. They never... I was too young, and, you know, not a lot of bands, if they came to Florida, they didn't come all the way down. Like they made Yeah, there's no way out once you go in. No, I, and, like, it, it's, it's literally a money pit, especially for bands that are, like, on the come up. It's like you, all your money's gone for gas. Yeah, that's so, true. So it's like, yeah, I, I saw, I mean, I saw a lot of like, I, I saw my share of shows for sure. Like I saw COC and all the Soundgarden and all this shit, but like sure. those big ones, like they'd come down once a cycle to play like the Miami arena, which was also like an hour south of where I was. And my mom, my parents weren't exactly like going to let me go to the Miami arena when I was 12. Fuck no, dude. Hell no. I couldn't even go to Boston to see that shit when I was that age. <laughs> and I, think, I, I live 10 minutes away. Oh, right. Got it. <laughs> I mean, that, like, you know, it's that point where, like, I push my dad just far enough and he's like, I've taken you to see Pantera, Typo Negative, White Zombie, Suicidal Tendencies. I think we're done for a while. 
Yeah. I Oh, man. I missed out on so many good shows. My parents were not concert people. My first concert was Huey Lewis and the News, which rules, oh, respectively. Awesome. And, I, I, and to this day, I, I, well, besides COVID, up until like a few years ago, I was still going and seeing them live whenever I could because it's so great. Um, but like, as far as like, you know, all the grunge and all that, that was just me in my bedroom yeah. geeking out. I never got to go see them live. I was like, <laughs> I was watching footage of them playing live earlier mm. and they like, it was from, it was the Reading Festival thing that I watched oh, yeah. and they, they cut the camera, you know, when they're, they're, they started playing and there's different camera angles and it showed a vendor spot where people were just like shopping for like, just nonsense. Mm. And I was like fucking nirvana's playing like what the fuck are you doing like sc like screaming in my head i was like i hate everyone yep. that i see that isn't nirvana in this footage right now I like, mean, dude, but you know that's just the way that it is right like you'd be at a of show course. even now and it would be like oh I, I i'm gonna now is the time that i want to go buy a koozie i'll be right back dude i've almost i've almost certainly been to festivals where i've spaced out on like a major act and then like three years later been like oh i think i saw them totally. <laughs> like fuck <laughs> totally i remember i i'd gone out to coachella um the one time that i actually went and i it was because queens of the stone age headlined and i oh, remember sick. like but, but when you get there you're like this is not my fucking scene i'm all black like this is just not for me and i remember by the time they went on i was just sitting on a couch in like some back area <laughs> like hey they sound great this is really great like what am i gonna do like march my way up front through forty thousand like you know people in like indian headdresses and like super yeah. inappropriate shit <laughs> i've never been dude oh, i can't even imagine it's the worst it's just the fucking i'm not a festival guy as it is but it's the fucking worst yeah like i have a little bit of curiosity with when it comes to things but not coachella i haven't even thought about it it's just like it's not okay it's like I, I like i get like the 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 financial aspect of what it's doing to like the coachella valley by it not happening but it's yeah. just such a fucking wank i can't stand it <laughs> i can't stand it um so if you know if you were going to get somebody into this band it's a little more cut and dry with nirvana i think because when smells like teen spirit happened you could literally feel things change overnight like you've, you've heard there's countless stories about like like fucking warrant was like oh yeah when we put out cherry pie we were like you walk in our, our our record company which was columbia and like it's a huge picture of cherry pie and then when we go to put our next record out it's a huge picture of alice in chains <laughs> and it's like uh-huh but like where would you start somebody with this band do you go chronologically do you like hey here smells like teen spirit this is how it really kind of like kicked off Man, you would have like, I don't know, cause I'm, I'd probably like play aneurysm or something. <laughs> like I'd be like, listen, how sick this is. But I don't think I would start with Smells Like Teen Spirit unless it was like, my mom or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would think that would be sacrilegious. But Drain used too poppy. Yeah. That that what doesn't give it the full angle. Oh man, what would be the perfect song to show someone? I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe like Heart Shape. Ah, oh, it's too late in the game though. Yeah, but they don't know that. It w I guess it wouldn't matter. Oh, true, true. Heartshape Box is pretty. Pr that's a pretty good spot on one. Yeah. It hits all the bases, and like I, you know, I'm such a my like, my favorite Nirvana song is the weirdest one. It's um, it's you know you're right. And oh, I I love that song. Well, by the way, it's it's so fucking good, and I think kind of like 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 a like a Heartshape Box. It was like this showcases all the things that Nirvana's good at. 
the build, the quiet, the heavy, the lyrics, like the the power, the production was amazing. And I think that like those are from that la- the last sessions they did. Like that was right after those Seattle shows that Anna saw in '94. So yeah. it's like, where would this have gone? You know? Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. I think they would have broke up. Yeah, I think maybe he was on like this kind of troubadour, kind of Neil Youngish kind of path, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But he could have gotten too self righteous and like, I'd like to like I don't know like with that music. The music has stood the test of time, but if he continued to make solo stuff, you know, I think he would have collaborated with people probably. Yeah, I mean, he was he was he was doing. It's on the that uh, the with the lights out box set. He started doing this. um, session with Mark Lanigan and it was him and Lanigan doing lead belly covers. Oh, crazy. But like I would kill someone for the, for a whole record of that. Right? Like there is so much extra they release with those box sets. It's insane, but like I mean there's never enough honestly. Like especially hearing later projects like that. I know. And like I think one of my like I used to have that Jesus Lizard split that they did. Yep. And it got lost. I've moved like 15 times in the past like 20 years, and I don't know where the fuck it is. And like, that thing goes for like $600 on Discogs. And I just, I just want the song. Like, I just want to have it. Like, I know I can go to YouTube and get it, but I just want to own it again. And I sure. I, I'm not, but that'll get, that'll get reissued one day. Some record store, fucking record store day, something or other. It'll be on cr- green and cream, blood splatter. <laughs> Super right. print yeah. or whatever. Yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna make like 74 copies. <laughs> People are gonna get in Walmart fights about it. Oh my god. Well, you know, that's that's the most interesting thing. Do you know, like, so like, um, Kurt would go and as a kid, he would go shopping at Walmart because that was his local record store. So, oh, really? Because he, like, Aberdeen is, you know, it's like a, you know, a logging town and they don't exactly, it wasn't a cool fucking place no, to be. No indie shit. No yeah. indie shit, right. So, like, Walmart was his spot. So, when Geffen got the opportunity to put out, they wanted to put in Euro into Walmart, they're like, we can't have Rate Me on this. That's, Waste Me. That's why Waste Me exists was <laughs> yeah. for Walmart. Yeah, I know all about Waste Me. Waste Me. <laughs> Oh man, what a save, Walmart! It's like that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I, I remember like looking at it as a kid and being like, "What the fuck is Wave Me?" How many people do you think got that and came home and were like, "What?" Hello? No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't, I don't want this. I don't fucking want this. It's, a, it's such. A, I mean, I get it, but it's so it's so bizarre. It is very fucking strange. It's not the name of the album. It's not in big print. You know, it's like, just let it slide, dude. Totally, totally. Um, so, w- when it comes to, to like to this band, are there other? If, let's say we we're going to do this podcast and Nirvana was off the table, where would you go? Ooh, I mean, the Misfits is like a generic answer. It's hard because I'm 35 now, and I find my like I grew up listening to so much punk and hardcore that like n- now I find myself revisiting a lot of my childhood especially the bands like faith no more and nirvana and like really diving deeper into them um because i don't sit around and listen to hardcore as much as i used to when i was in my 20s yeah um i even listen to a lot i listen to like you know fleetwood mac and like you know i I was bob seeger like i just like it's good shit man yeah I'm i'm just i'm growing older and i'm just like understanding music more i think because i just wanted 
punk and heavy and screamy for so long that now I'm like, oh man, I can listen to Steely Dan and understand it. <laughs> Whereas like in my twenties, I was like, are you joking me? I'm, I've like calmed down so much, but Nirvana has like stood the test of time and like is definitely going to be with me for the rest of my life. Cause it's been like 25 years already. Yeah. <laughs> well, well you, you just know, like, I think like you just, like, when you, like, at least like when, when you started talking about, um, in bloom before I like you just mentioned it and I immediately thought of the video and like Dave in the back like playing like nodding his head back and forth and like play it like it's so fucking visual to me yeah that that video is awesome too like really the, the fake talk show one yep totally <laughs> but like i think that's you know that's part of being like part of like i guess the M the quote-unquote mtv generation too even though i'm a bit younger as and then and you are as well it's that like those songs came along with a visual so when i think of like lithium i think of the video the slow motion like him laying yeah. on the ground at the end i think of like like obviously like like um heart shaped box is such a visual video and the colors oh, yeah. like his hair being silver and like you think of like all those moments where it, it's the music but it's also it, it, it's everything it's all encompassing it's like a total fucking thing i bet yeah it's it's absolutely i mean it smells like teen spirit like i said i don't sit around and listen to it it's just like a life of hearing it too much right. but even that music video when i was a little kid you know i'm like whoa Right. Um, I'm like, I sometimes think like he died after so soon after in utero that they probably could have made videos. I bet they would have made an all apologies video oh, if totally. he didn't die. You know what I mean? Like that would have been next on the hit list of videos to make. Not my favorite. I love that song, but it's not my favorite on in utero. But as far as marketing goes, oh, yeah. like all, I'm shocked all apologies doesn't have an official music video, to be honest. Yeah, because by the time I think if my timeline is not fucking wrong, that by the time that like they put out Unplugged, they were using the Unplugged All Apologies version as like an official video. Yeah, which and, it bothered me because I love that performance, but I, I just wanted to hear the studio version at the time. Same, same. Yeah. But then also like we were living in strange times, right? They were like using like Lake of Fire as a single too. That, that, well, that's the brilliance of that album is that they didn't make it just Nirvana covers. They like went full weird and just did a bunch of like obscure stuff that like I shouldn't know those songs at ten years old. You know what I mean? But I do know. Totally. I mean, I had no idea. Like, I mean, I knew who David Bowie was. I knew I had obviously seen Labyrinth. I'm like, oh, it's the guy with the huge cock. Like, sure. I didn't think about anything else. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. But like that. But I'm like, oh shit, it's a David Bowie song for like the man who sold the world. And like, yeah. I, I didn't know who the fuck the Me Puppets were. Like, I, how am I supposed to know? Like, you just don't. Yeah, not until the internet did I actually hear a lot of those real songs. To be honest, because like, like, dude, you'd, I, I'd get like a, like a hit parader magazine or something and look through it and like cut out the pictures I liked and like, oh, cool, so and so has a new record out. Mom, take me to the store. Like, it, or I'd ride my bike to the store. It's so different. Like everything's so accessible right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's so funny. Like Nirvana took so much influence from the Meat Puppets that I'm like so happy for them that they got that Backwater song. Oh man! Eventually, you know what I mean. Like they finally got a hit, and that song rips too. Dude, I was actually talking about that today. I went and, and saw my friend who was like, um, got like so I got a tattoo or finishing up one of my 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 sleeve or getting it worked on, and she yep. was like. Out of nowhere, she's like, "You remember Backwater by the Meat Puppets?" Wasn't yeah, that dude. And I'm like, "Yes, it's the jam, dude. What a perfect little song." <laughs> yeah. When I wake up in the evening, I mean, dude, it literally, it's like almost like a country tune in a way. It's like a little jangly. 
Yeah, it's got a cool riff, man. It's I don't know. It's and it's nuts too. I can't remember. I don't want to misquote, but one of the Kirkwood brothers, like within the last. 15, 10 years, got shot in the back over like a drug deal gone wrong. Whoa. And he's fine, but like literally was like running away from like, I think, I think he was like robbing someone or doing something and straight up got what? shot in the back. So oh it's my like, God. you know, time has not been so great to the me puppets, but they had that moment for sure. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he got shot in the backwater. He got shot in the back. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, either Chris or Kirk Kirkwood. I'm not sure. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so, sorry, guys. Trackwater um, was sick, though. It really was, man. And like, you know, and it was also cool that like all of a sudden, like Pat Smears in the group, and I didn't know who the fuck he was either. Dude, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Like, just inviting a member of the Germs to join your band as a fourth member is like so sick. And the fact that he still plays with Dave Grohl is even better. I know. And then when they do like when they've done these like one-off Nirvana, you know, quote-unquote reunions, he's there. Like, he's a member of the band. Yeah, I was at the um, well right before COVID. I went and saw Nirvana as much as it could be play at the Palladium. Uh, some like benefit. Uh, it went, yeah, I didn't get to go. To, that's awesome that you got that you got into that. Yeah, it was like what St. Vincent sang yep. most of it. Um, it was awesome, dude. But it was like short and whatever. But <laughs> it was a, it was a very cool show. Because I mean, um, they, you know. they did that one in, at St. Vitus in Brooklyn a few years back after the Grammys or like one of those award shows, and like basically like they couldn't tell anybody. And then Nirvana was playing at fucking St. Vitus. This is like what three, four years before the Palladium one, and yeah. it was like I think it was like was it PJ Harvey Beck. Like, I think Madonna was it was it like and this is like I don't know if you've ever been to Vitus, but it's like maybe one seven. I have not. It's like all black. It's like the it's my favorite one of my favorite venues in the world. I've I've seen tons of photos from shows over the years, but I've never got to go. I mean, dude, I, I was in town one time for work and COC was playing, so I, I went with my buddy and they were just doing two shows because they wanted to play St. Vitus. And awesome. they could have played a venue five times the size, if not bigger. And but you gotta size down for that, yeah. Totally. And like, I remember like the, the, when they when they started kicking into Albatross, this like huge dude knocked over one of their cabs and I'm back by the soundboard which is like you know 15 feet from the fucking stage oh and my the God. cabinet fell on my leg so for like a good 45 minutes I have this cabinet just sitting on my side and I can't move and you just you can't go anywhere it's like you know now in COVID times you're like ew I touched people but like <laughs> gross gross but like Nirvana <laughs> played that room or like obviously Kurtless but Nirvana played that sure. room and it's like they, it was like a 2 o'clock in the morning thing I want to say Paul McCartney was involved too it was something Holy insane Jesus Christ yeah Beck did the one I saw it was like Beck St. Vi uh, uh, Vincent and, and maybe a couple other people um but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. I wish it was a little bit longer though. They like did a San Bernardino one that I wish I saw, like the Nirvana Jam or whatever. Oh, the uh, the Cal Jam. The Cal Jam that looked like just by I've watched it online and that looks like the most like righteous one because they have the dude from uh, Deer Tick doing it. Oh, which is funny enough, like that dude's married to Vanessa Carlton. Oh, crazy! And like, <laughs> she like he's like in her band now. Like we were working together, and I'm like, oh shit, the guy from Deer Tick's on your couch. Oh, you've married the guy from Deer Tick. <laughs> there he is. There he is, right there. And he's like, he's like, uh, no shoes allowed in the house. I'm like, but you're wearing. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's afraid. He's afraid of ticks. He's afraid of ticks. <laughs> um, but that's. I mean, 
it's like you know when, when you think about a band like this and that it's been 26 almost 27 years since they've been around I think they're going to go down as a band like the Beatles, like Zeppelin, like Sabbath, where like for a hundred years from now, you know, they, they, they did that the day he died. That happened. Yeah. It was like, you know, if you go down and back on merchandise, like the, 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 the logo is so iconic. Like yeah. everything about it is a perfect storm to just be like top, top 10 band of all time ever, ever, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it, it's, it, and the fact that like, I think, and it sounds so bad. I, you're gonna know what I mean, but I think the fact that they were only around and in the public eye, really, for you know four and a half, five years. Oh, it makes it pure magic. Yeah, it's just like when, like like a band like, like you know like the Doors. The Doors were only around for about you know a couple of years as well, or the Beatles only had a run for seven and a half years. That adds to the mystique and the magic of it all. Yeah, it. I mean, it sure does. Like um, they the, never, had, they never had a chance to tarnish anything either. No, right, right, right. <laughs> do you do you think they? Ha- is there any song in the catalog that you just can't fucking stand? I'm not a big fan of "Come as You Are." Hmm. Do you, is there a, just like lyrically, or is the song in general? Yeah, I don't know. It bores me a little bit. Uh, I think I loved it at one point. I just don't know. I mean, they got that Killing Joke uh, riff going on too, but uh, but that doesn't bug me. But I'm trying to think, like, what else? Like, damn, I don't know. What about you? I, you know, I've never been a fan of that song, Arrow Zeppelin. Or, or oh yeah, it just. Yeah, but I know that's kind of like a joke. So when it comes to like a real song, like a real, real song, I'm not like, I, I want to say Smells Like Teen Spirit because I can't hear it anymore. Sure. I mean, I would that would be my obvious answer. It smells like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are. I'm just like, I could skip and be happy. Right. I mean, because like you want to, like, like we, you were talking about Faith No More before and like you want to say that about a song like Epic, but sure. like, that's the song that brought them to the dance. They play it. It's part of the set. They just kind of go through it. They have a good time, whatever. But it's almost like I don't mind that that much. But if I think "Smells Like Teen Spirit" is one of those songs that it was so driven into everybody's skulls, and it still is to some extent. It, it's like because that song, like I said, it really. It's fucking, still on the radio, dude. Like I'm not hearing "Epic" on the radio as much as I'm hearing "Smells Like Teen Spirit." You're hearing "Smells Like Teen Spirit," <laughs> "Smoke Two Joints," and "Californication." <laughs> Oh my god, my worst nightmare. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but but that's it. That's what like if whenever we go back up to Seattle to see Anna's family, like the first thing we do in the rent a car is just put on like, you know, the end, like the radio station that was like huge when she was growing up. Sure. And it's literally this she's like, it's the same exact playlist they were playing in nineteen ninety two. But it, oh. it is, but it's not too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I was supposed to go to Seattle this year before COVID, and I'm super bummed. I was looking forward to it. How, you, you've never been? No. Let us know before you go, man. It's just like, I mean. I need the rundown. You need the rundown. Obviously, from her more than me, but man, I, I have a friend there right now, and it's just like, I miss it. It's like one of those. I think when you leave a place, like, it's not failure to go back, but you feel like you can't go back. Like, I don't ever want to live in New York again. Because I feel like I've done it, and I don't want to go back. Sure. But and I feel the same way about the Bay Area to some extent. But I think when it comes to Seattle, I would move back in a heartbeat. 
Shit, I'm, I gotta go so bad. <laughs> it's just, I mean, Amazon's definitely ruined it a little bit. Like, I, I, oh yeah, you know, I, I don't think Kurt would be too stoked with the current state of Seattle. <laughs> but there's still those little like pockets where it's like, oh shit, this is still like what it was, or it's like like the off ramp, which is you know like where like Mookie Blaylock had their first Temple the Dog at their first show. Like, it's still there. It's just called the Funhouse, but it's still there. Oh my god, I forgot Pearl Jam was called Mookie Blaylock. Dude, it's the worst. <laughs> come, come on. Just yeah, I don't know. I, I own something called Meth Syndicate, so I don't know what to say there. <laughs> oh, you should have seen some of the terrible names I was thinking of for this podcast. <laughs> How can I make a pun of my name? Where, Where's the best, where's the worst one? This was the best I could come up with. It works, works, works great. It works, man. Um, so, you know... What, the question that, that like I always like I think I, the, the simplest questions that get people stuck right where sure. like and when Nirvana there's not that there's not that much to go with but like you have your favorite album but what's their best album ooh I would say In Utero yeah <laughs> I, I like it I think that's their purest I think Bleach they were learning Incesticide they were fucking off Never mind. they tightened it up for what it was, and then in utero was them kind of breaking free. I think it's like their swan song. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, like, they, and you know they even wanted to go even crazier than that, too. Oh, of course. I mean... <laughs> they, I think they had to add Heart Shaped Box after the sessions to even be a single. It was either that or all apologies. One of them was, like, a last-minute thing. Wow. I didn't know that. I mean, because yeah. like, like what, what, all those bands had those big highs, and then they came down. So, like, In Utero was a commercial failure. It really yeah, was. oh, yeah, in the eyes of everyone, sure. And, like, you know, it like, probably only went gold, you know? Like, it, it definitely went platinum, but not, yeah, but, like, not, but not diamond. No, it did not go diamond. Because, <laughs> well, like, that's the thing, right? It happened to Soundgarden because Super Unknown was huge, and then Down on the Upside wasn't. It happened yep. to Faith No More. Real Thing was huge, and Angel Dust was a total fucking failure. Um, Idiots. I mean, but, dude, you, but if you go overseas, Angel Dust is the one. Like, yeah, it's the one. But like here, obviously, and with Nirvana, it was the same thing. They were like, they released Penaroyal T as a single. They were trying everything and nothing fucking clicked. Nothing worked because they were basically a, a pop band to a lot of people. Sure. Yeah, like some people just knew Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like I said earlier, right. my sister bought Incesticide as a Fairweather fan and was like, this is unlistenable to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> they tried, man. I remember at that point that they were like just churning out whatever they could and they released Sliver as a single with a video. And that is like the most poppy song of all time. Oh, it is. I mean, it totally is, but it was like, that's just, and then there was like what the punk version of Polly and, and Dive. Yo. Dive is one of my favorite songs. Like, but imagine if that was on Nevermind or In Utero, that could have been a hit. Yeah, negative creep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that, like double bass on Nirvana. Like it's so fucking great. <laughs> it's really cool when you go to so like in Seattle, the Hard Rock Cafe is not like the Hard Rock here or anywhere else. It's 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 all centered around Seattle music. So oh, really? The only thing that's not Seattle related oh. is that, so you, you get there and it's next to a wig shop that's been there since like the 50s or something. And it's, the whole, it's just like rows and rows of wigs in the front window. And then the hard rock was in, was in an old, either it was a strip joint or a brothel or something back in the day. So it's the restaurant on the ground level. Then there's a venue on the second level. And then there's a rooftop bar and like venue space on the top level. Yeah. So like, like Queensryche played their record release show that it's really fucking cool so it's all about seattle the only thing 
things that are not, there's like a uh, an Elton John outfit there, and then on the second floor on the ceiling are the old benches, the tops of the benches of Red Rocks. Oh, cool. But when you're looking at these benches, it's fucking Chad Channing's kit from the recording of Bleach on the ceiling. No way, really. That, that he recorded like so, you know, negative creep and like like the whole fucking kit is right there. Yeah. So, so like, I never tell anybody you really got to hit the hard rock. But in Seattle, you kind of have to. There's like there's like Andy Woods jerseys and like Kurt's got guitars and Chris's basses there. It's like it's 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 part of the tour for lack of a better term. Uh, if they, if we weren't in the state of the, the world, I'd be on a plane tomorrow. <laughs> I gotta see that. You'll get that, man. It's like, and and it's right by the by, by like the the public the Pikes Place Market. So it's like, um, oh nice. It's like tourism central, but it doesn't feel like like the Times Square kind of situation. You know what I mean? Like it sure, like, sure. Like you're there with a purpose. You're there to look at Nirvana shit, Pearl Jam shit. Like so, it, and it, and it and you ask for it, and and it's there. Awesome. It's so cool, man. So I mean. Yeah, so I I wanted to go back to one more thing from um, before. So if if you weren't doing this, what would you do? What band would you do? Because you couldn't do the Misfits. Oh, it's been man, done, yeah, so. oh, that's so hard. Um, <laughs> trying to think. I mean, Allison Chains would be up there. They're my number two. It's oh, it's so. How would you how would you rank the Big Four? Ooh. Fuck, dude, no. <laughs> okay, no, I won't, I won't make you do that. Save that for the finale. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I, I know I want to do this. Because, like, obviously, like, I, I have, like, my loyalties to, to Pearl Jam. And, sure. You know, it, like, for me, it, it's it's almost like a matter of importance. Like, my personal preference, it kind of pales in comparison to the importance of those bands. If you're looking at an importance thing, it's going to go Nirvana at the top. Yeah. Then Pearl Jam. Then yep. Alice in Chains. Then Soundgarden. But if you're looking at it from like what what you know like where I'm sitting, it's gonna be you know, it, it, I, I don't know, man. I mean, Pearl Jam's gonna take the top for me because that's sure. But I mean, Nirvana is they're the ones that other bands like Soundgarden was making records. They'd already been signed. Melvin's, Mudhoney, all those bands were doing it. Obviously, Mother Love Bone was around Green River, but Nirvana's the one that broke it open for everybody. They're the most important band. Yeah, one hundred percent. Pearl Jam is right behind them. Yeah, no, I, mean, I mean they are. You know, it's like, and it's like with Soundgarden being signed first, then Alice. Like as far as major deals, Nirvana was basically second to last or last. I'm not really sure if they, them or Pearl Jam got signed first to a major. Yeah, but like, dude, like without those bands, where where would we be today? We we wouldn't have Creed. We wouldn't have Nickelback. We wouldn't have. But like, the, isn't that a sign of like that you did something right? Sure, and it's, yeah, I mean, you influenced the whole, I mean, I don't know, then new Metal came, what the hell happened there? But. Listen, I, 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 I had this like, part of me that has a bit of love for it, because I was like living in Jacksonville at the time. That oh, was, yeah, so, man. Like, the, the guitar Limp Biscuit was from there, right? Limp Biscuit, Cold, Puddle of Mud, um, <laughs> fuck, they were all from Jacksonville. Like, Dude. these bands, like, like, Cold would go on, like, Coke binges, and then... Play it, play off their tabs at this place called the Ritz in Jacksonville Beach. Like it was like, it was like the puddle of mud guitarist worked at like the Sound Warehouse. Like it was. That's so awesome. It, it, it was weird. It was interesting. You know, it was. <laughs> it was something. It's so fun there. to think about. Yeah, like in Boston, we had like, you know, just punk and hardcore. That was our like claim to fame. Like obviously, there's bands from Boston that succeeded, but there was never like a weird time frame of like a, a scene that exploded 
it into the mainstream. Well, you come had, from Boston. You had Godsmack. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's like super <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> it's so funny, right? Because like they're from. To, to be honest, they're from New Hampshire. Right, so. right. That's right. No, well, now, now they're from Florida. They just they all moved to Florida. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because like they got like a great Shannon Larkin as like a legendary drummer playing in their band. He was like in Wrathchild America. He was in Ugly Kid Joe. He was in Amen, and all the. And he was in Candlebox for a minute and like oh, damn. and like so Sully had to have him in the band and then he gets in the band and now he's like no you're now known as the Godsmack drummer he's probably like what I did all this yeah your whole your whole legacy is ruined his bank account is probably <laughs> sick but he, yeah that's well that's the, the trade off yeah well I think as you get into like the suburbs or like Worcester or like there's like there was obviously the metalcore scene came out of Massachusetts and that that's at least somewhat more reputable than Sure, we gave we gave you kill switch engage and unearth. <laughs> and, sh- and shadow and shadows. And shadows fall, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take I'll take that any day. It was, it was cool seeing. I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, I went from seeing kill. Sorry, we're getting off topic. No, from seeing good, seeing kill switch engage in a VFW one year and then winning a Grammy two years later was pretty gnarly. Dude, that's that's really insane. I mean, like, yeah, you, that, like that's. But I think here we'll we'll, we'll bring we'll, we'll tie it back in. Like, <laughs> sure. And, and I mean this too. Without a band like Nirvana, specifically Nirvana, because he did scream in songs a lot. I don't think these metal bands like a Killswitch or a Mastodon or a Lamb of God would ever even have a shot at a Grammy or a major label deal. Like, look at what, yeah, I, look at what it did I for mean, the Melvins. The Melvins recorded their three best records on a major because of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I agree 100%. Even band, industrial, like Nine Inch Nails broke out a little much because oh, yeah. they allowed they allowed screaming or whatever. White, White Zombie was on the radio. Like, right. I mean, dude, if, like the White Zombie stuff before... They got signed was like Sonic Youth. It was not. Oh, it was like Acid Rock, like totally stuff. Yeah. So I think that he had a lot. I think in the long term, those bands like you know like like the, the, the Seattle Four, or, you know whatever you want to call it, like but Nirvana especially had such an effect on all these multiple genres of music, just by fucking being. Yeah, it's oh man, it's so funny. I often wonder like, was like. It was just the the riff to Smells Like Teen Spirit. I think just set it off. It did like that. It's like the most catchy thing of all time. And I think from there, people understood the vibe and kind of got on board with it. But, but just that one, like that, the power of a riff can change a generation. Like he was probably just like sitting there dicking off, you know. And came, you know, it's like whoa. It's that's how powerful music is. I mean, it's unbelievable. There's probably no. You're you're 100 percent right. I mean, there's. I, I'm willing to bet that he peed played with that riff enough where they're like I don't that's not like that's not gonna cut it yeah because it doesn't feel like I don't even know what that feel I mean obviously that that progression became like how many bands have ripped that off you know but sure like, like and even Nirvana to some extent ripped themselves off like on a song like like rate me it's the same exact progression absolutely but I mean it really you're right it really changed it, it, that riff defined a whole generation it's so cool. It is <laughs> fucking cool. I mean, so like, you know, we we talk about this a lot here and it's like, I don't think, and this makes me sound like such an old piece of shit, but I think you'll know what I'm getting at. Is sure. that I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Like, 
that no way. Whole, but even no. like like going like regional with like a metalcore scene or like the Houston hip hop scene with like Mike Jones and Paul Wall and all that shit, or like the OC scene with No Doubt and Sublime or whatever. Like regardless of whether you like it or not, like those scenes are never going to have the moment they had because of the internet. Yeah, one hundred. Everything is automatically uh, national, right? Or international. Every everyone you broadcast to is all over the world automatically. Whether it's SoundCloud or Instagram or whatever. Um, there's, so there's no local buzz. Local buzz is gone unless your live show is what's up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and you haven't been able to, or and you don't like put it on the internet. You know, right? Right. I don't know. No, you, no, you, you're spot on, man. And I think that there's like, but there's just like to me they were carrying this torch of like the power trio like a band like the police or like just like no nonsense no bullshit no effects just playing their fucking instruments whether they were good yeah. or not and like I-, I hope that never gets lost like i don't i don't want to it's not me being like dude I, I don't have to understand billy eilish like i'm 40 years old like it's not for sure. me it, do i respect her yes do i listen to it not really but i but i respect it because i'm not supposed to like that that's what it probably felt like for people that were our age then. Like, I don't get this, but it's selling and, you know, my kid's happy, so it must mean something. Yeah, I, I don't listen to too much modern music, but same boat. Like, I try to keep up and respect it because, you know, it's just the, the progress of, of humans is like, they're never going to understand the next generation. I don't, I don't care how friggin' cool you think you are. You're not going to get it. Like, no, totally. And, and like, if you do, you're going to be like that, you know, like old weird dude that's like yes. it's way too young, acting like way too young. Totally, totally. The guy wearing like early 90s, like vampire shades, trying to yeah. be cool, trench coat like, guy. I guess, yeah, mo- modern day version would be like a 50 year old getting a face tattoo for some reason. You know what I mean? Like just some weird shit. Right, that says like, that, you know. Not, like, not a tattooed guy. Getting a face tattooed's fine, but you know what I mean? Just like randomly, like a 50 year old being like, ah, I'm still hip. Dude, I know. Oh, I, I was, sitting, I was si- sitting next to this girl that was getting a forehead tattoo today, and I was like, I mean, she was socially distant. Like she was like 25 feet away. Whatever. Sure. I'm watching it, and I'm like, Fuck, that's on your fucking face. Like I, res- so, I, 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 no, I have no fucking issues with it, but I'm like, that's hardcore. Yeah, but she's of the age. Oh, that shit, you know. Fifty years from now, everyone will probably be fully tattooed. Totally. I don't think. I mean, so. I think those walls will get broken down. I think it's just like, yeah, it's it, it's just it's 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 that that's more generational than this. I think. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It. But it is funny. Like you know, our parents are probably like what the hell is this you know but now the music even the vulgarity of it is just like so insane like compared like it's so funny totally i mean i think there were certain bands my mom liked when i was growing up like she was like she kind of like dug jane's addiction a little bit because it was a little more dancey i guess or more mainstream but the other shit she was just like oh my son likes really weird shit and it was like like no one's parents are getting into mr bungle sure sure i i think the the script flipped when uh Nine Inch Nails put out Closer and the chorus was I want to fuck you like an animal and 10 year olds were like yeah I like this (laughs) (laughs) I think that that kind of changed some stuff too but yeah man Nirvana started it Nine Inch Nails finished it there it is like within within like a three year period fucking yeah straight straight up dude I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. This has been a total fucking blast. Absolutely, Rob. Um, always welcome to talk about this shit. And look, when, when, when things get back to normal, let's go fucking get drinks and dinner and all the things that I miss so fucking much. 
Whatever, whatever I am allowed to do without dying, I will do. There you got, you got it. Uh, please follow Eric, follow his brand, Meth Syndicate, uh, buy all his shit. And again, man, thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk soon.